Wayne, I'm going to ask the listener today this question. Did you know that one out of every three people you know is likely to receive or get a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime? That sounds like an opportunity for ministry. An opportunity that the church should not and cannot afford to miss. So we're going to talk about cancer care ministry in our journey of hope. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I am Wayne Shepherd, along with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. So today, our journey of hope is an opportunity, Percy, for churches to get involved. And to be involved in a way that will be significant to this conversation and what many are calling the malady of our day, uh-huh. and that is the spread and proliferation and diagnosis of cancer in our community. Yeah, the statistics are remarkable that you shared a moment ago, and we'll talk more about that as we go along here today. So come with us on this journey today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We have a resource we want to offer to you. It's called Cancer Care Ministry in Your Church. This would be an excellent starting point for anyone who does want to bring a a ministry into their church to help victims of cancer. We thought that this document and resource would really jumpstart people's thinking around what uh, is church-based cancer care ministry as an example, and how does one start a cancer care ministry inside of their local church, and how does a cancer care ministry function. This downloadable resource will allow individuals to think through and begin to create the possible vision of starting a cancer care ministry inside of their local church. I think it's such a great idea. So if you'd like that resource to get you started, to get you thinking, and maybe something to share with someone else who may share your vision, you can go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and download Cancer Care Ministry and your church. Now, there's something else we'd like you to do. We'd like you to answer a question today. And Percy, we're asking this question not to make anybody feel guilty or anything like that. We just want to know how could you have been a better support to someone who's had cancer? That's an important question to We ask. want you to think about it. We want you to consider it because what I have learned, Wayne, is that if I think about things that I could have done differently in the past, it'll help equip me to move forward. And again, not with guilt, but with a sense of being uh, prepared and ready for the next opportunity that comes my way. So again, how could you have been a better support to someone who's had cancer. And you can leave your response at hhiquestions.com. And your response will help a lot of people who benefit from this program. So seriously consider answering that question for us and posting your response at hhiquestions.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
In a few moments, you're going to meet a man who really takes this ministry idea of churches getting involved in cancer care seriously. Mm. We'll introduce him to you in just a moment, but Percy, let's open the scriptures as we open our conversation. Well, let's set the stage for today's discussion and what will come out of our interview, and it's found in Genesis, the fourth chapter, verse number nine. Very familiar old passage of scripture, but I don't know many people have responded or referred to it uh, often of late. And it goes this way. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? And I do not know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's keeper? Today on the table, the question is, Are you and I, or any of us, our brother's keeper? And ultimately, how are we responding to that? And how are we acting in a way that's appropriate to being our brother's keeper? Recorded earlier, let's uh, ask our listeners to go with you to Atlanta, Georgia, Percy, as we meet today's guest. Well, I'm so excited. I can't hardly stand it. Uh, I have uh, back with me, and we've talked with this gentleman before, to talk about his clinical path. And today we're going to have a very different conversation. Uh, Mr. Paul Watkins, who is uh, a formally treated patient at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta, who now currently receives uh, six-month assessments uh, just to make sure that things are still in place and moving along properly as as they should. But he's not receiving any uh, current treatment. But What's interesting about Paul's story is his path of treatment that he underwent. And so I want to share that with you before I actually start talking with Paul. Paul was diagnosed originally with prostate cancer in April 2015 and uh, sought a second opinion, began to treat at CTCA in Atlanta. And then he developed sepsis after his surgery. His kidneys failed. Uh, He was on dialysis, lost 37 pounds spent 12 days in the intensive care unit on a ventilator, and for four weeks total, uh, while in the midst of treatment, uh, it was said to him that he had almost died. And he says, Paul says, that it was prayer along with his good clinical care and his team that saved his life. Uh, I want to welcome you back to the show, The Health, Hope, and Inspiration, Paul. Well, you've got quite a story to tell, my friend. Well, thank you. Yeah. I thank you. Uh, did I miss anything? Did I misquote anything there, Paul? No, you did not. Okay. So that was your journey. That was your clinical path from diagnosis to where you sit today. Yes. But but we left out a real important piece that we want to talk about exclusively. Uh, we've already talked about that journey, and we talked about your amazing wife who was your caregiver, mm-hmm. uh, because we always make sure to remember the caregivers here on the show But we want to talk about something very different that also happened to you in the midst of all of that. Uh, You were ministered to among many people. Uh, You had great support of the pastoral care team with Reverend Lit by Reverend Chip Gordon. Uh, You you stated that you had an amazing medical staff that served you. Uh, You you even told me before we actually started recording, uh, and your wife did, about (laughs) Uh, the folks, the facilities people that while they're buffing the floors in the middle of the night as she's leaving the hospital, they would wave at her and and speak. You just were encouraged all the way around. But you also talked about the fact that you had strong uh, support and encouragement from your faith community. And this is where we want to have a conversation today. And if, if I have the story correct, uh, your faith community had a cancer care ministry functioning out of it. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. The, they've been, the, our cancer care ministry 
at First United Methodist Church here in Noonan has been uh, going since 2014. Okay. And so you belong to, so this is how we want to set this conversation up, and this is where we're going to focus the rest of our discussion, yeah. is that you you are a member of your faith community, and the particular church that you are a member of has had and has a cancer care ministry in it. And I'm going to say it again, because this is still somewhat of a foreign concept for a lot of congregations in the United States, not as many as once before, but there are still many churches who have yet to adopt the idea or the concept of a cancer care ministry. So you, you, you're out of a church that has that type of focus and dedication, and members of that team also was part of your support while you were a patient. Yes, they were. Yeah, they they came to the hospital okay. and, uh, and sat with Bev and prayed with with my with my caregiver and uh, prayed with me and prayed over me. Okay. And um, this group, did, were they did they receive training from anyone in particular? How did they become? How did they start their cancer care ministry at your local church? Well. The cancer care ministry at our local church was started by our associate pastor, uh, Reverend Joanne Kenraid, mm-hmm. uh, and then she she started uh, advertising and putting out the word that we were going to they were going to start this. And she had an initial training class. She went through the training here at uh, CTCA in in Atlanta uh, with Reverend Gordon, and uh, she started. I'm not sure with about five or six folks that she trained. Uh, in the cancer care ministry and in uh, our journey of hope. Okay, and, uh, and th- that's how they got started. And I knew it was, I knew it was part of the church, uh, but I was not a part of it. So, with that being said, if I can synthesize mm-hmm. that, so yeah. your cancer care ministry mm-hmm. at your local church that supported you while mm-hmm. you had cancer mm-hmm. uh, basically started that that path as a result of receiving training from the Our Journey of Hope. Cancer Care Leadership Training Program. That's right. And and one of the regional facilities that facilitates that training is at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Noonan, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, at the recording, at the time of this recording, two other participating facilities uh, in C- Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia and Cancer mm-hmm. Treatment Centers of America in Chicago, who also provides uh, throughout the year multiple trainings free mm-hmm. uh, to church leaders and congregation members on how to start cancer care ministry. And so if you want information about that, you can go to ourjourneyofhope.com and you can get all of that information. Mm-hmm. You're in the midst of this, mm-hmm. this journey, this, this menagerie, if I can mm-hmm. use that term, uh, and you are being ministered to by people from your local church who are very focused around cancer care ministry. Yes, I was. Yeah, I were very, very focused. And, and how meaningful do you believe that, along with all of the other supports, all of your medical team, you had internal pastoral care from the, 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 the chaplains here at the hospital. How meaningful for you was it to have someone from your local church not only visit you, but was trained to actually minister to you as a cancer patient? Oh, it was, it was very meaningful. Uh, I know that... Uh and it was it was helpful for 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 Bev as and a caregiver. Bev, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very helpful yes, for her. Yeah, we can't uh, leave out the caregivers. God help us. No. But you know, I mean, uh, you know, we had from the local ministry. I mean, and, and it was dot, it was the cancer care ministry. It was the the staff from the church. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was everyone, and uh, and that continued. You know, after I left here, 
and you know went to to rehab and then after I went home that that minister that ministry continued so let's talk about this this is this is my baby mm-hmm. this is my wheelhouse mm-hmm. I, I own this space mm-hmm. because of the the blood the the sweat <laughs> equity that it has taken to 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 get to this point so i i remember uh paul the day when we set out to say listen we're going to start doing this <laughs> and people looked at me like i fell out of a window <laughs> the the reaction was you know that no one is going to do that. No one is interested in that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the healthcare community was like, well, "Why should we do that? You know, why should we provide training to the faith community about starting a cancer care ministry?" Mm-hmm. And then I had many in the faith community, well-known pastors, large churches that said this was just not necessary because we pray for our people at our church, and that's all we needed really to do. And so mm-hmm. uh, to hear. Mm-hmm. Because again, to appreciate this mm-hmm. is to appreciate your journey, my friend. You were you you were in some pretty significant challenges from a healthcare perspective, yeah. and to have someone from your local church who had some sense of understanding of your clinical pathway as a mm-hmm. cancer patient mm-hmm. come from your local church focused around cancer ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had to be pretty profound for you and pretty intense for you. It was. Uh, you know, after I after I got out of rehab, uh, I, I started to, to question, and I, I started to question. I knew that that there was something else I needed to do. There was, you know, because I I was still here, and so I went to talk to our senior minister, and, and we discussed it, uh, and we prayed about it, and uh, and then you know how you you talk about the Holy Spirit gives you a little nudge. Mm. Call you it know, the unction, unction yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know something like that. Well, I didn't get a, I didn't get a nudge. I got a full size shove <laughs> <laughs> that said, "This is what you need to do." Wow! And uh, so I went to the first. Uh, we have no the confusion con- there, right? <laughs> no <the> message. <laughs> so I went to the first. Uh, they had healing services. We'd have healing services at church, and sure. the cancer care ministry would run them. And so I went to one. We actually, I went to one. We went to one before I had my surgery, uh, and then we went to one February, March, or something like that. And that's when I told Reverend Kenray, I said, "I want to be part of this. I want to be part of this cancer care ministry. I want to help people. Mm-mm. I want to journey with people Mm-mm. about about you know when they are diagnosed with cancer. I want to help them. I want to help them." However, I can. Yeah, and uh, so I went through the training, and, and I have journeyed now with uh, three or four folks at the church. So let me be clear: you 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 go through mm-hmm. your clinical um, journey, mm-hmm. your your wilderness experience, <laughs> if you will, however you want to frame that. Yeah, because man, you as I read that, I just I'm amazed at what what clinically you really was challenged with. You receive great support from family, friends, faith community, your wife, your clinical care team, mm-hmm. but you also are being ministered to by your local church community. You you come through your process, and now you feel that you feel compelled that there is something more that God is saying. And again, not not a nudge, not a whisper, mm-hmm. as you said, but a full shove mm-hmm. that this is what you need to be doing and you need to engage in. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you believe is the benefit of having a cancer care focused ministry inside of a local church 
What is the big benefit of that and how important is that from your position? Now that you've been through this entire process, you've gone through this training yourself mm-hmm. now. Yes. Um, it gives people hope because, because when you talk about cancer, cancer doesn't just affect you. Of course. <laughs> it affects everybody. As I often say, <laughs> cancer is a community disease. It's a, that's right. And it, it doesn't, you know, you think about somebody who has cancer, it's not just the patient. It's the caregiver, it's the family, it's, it's in, the friends. It affects everyone. Yes. And if you can go and minister to somebody and, and you, you just do what they want you to do, you can give them hope. Mm. And you can... Uh, you know, help them with things, and you can discuss things with them, or you just, or you just sit and talk. Just the ministry of presence. You just, you're there. And uh, there was, there was one, one guy that I ministered to for over two years. Wow. And uh, I went to his house every month, every ever, you know, every other month sure. or something like that, and we just talked. You know, I mean, we may have a little scripture, we yeah. may pray or yeah. pray a little bit. You know, we'll pray some, but we just talked. And uh, and he passed, regret, you know, regretfully about a, mm-hmm. about a year ago. Okay. And uh, but I'm ministering uh, with two more folks now, yeah. and they are uh, one's a cancer survivor. Okay. And, and the other one was just diagnosed. Yeah. And so, if I can do, if I can give them hope, if I can, you know, strengthen their faith, if I can keep them out of the dumps, and keep them positive. Yep. I think I've done something. I think I've accomplished something. And I appreciate you bringing this up because when it comes to faith and cancer, there are some challenging issues because not everyone who has been prayed for or supported spiritually and received the very best medical care survives the cancer journey. And we're very clear about that on this show. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that. As a matter of, we've dedicated entire programs to just death and dying and mm-hmm. what that means and how mm-hmm. can we manage that. Right. In the midst even of losing someone that you've supported with cancer, how, what would you say to the average pastor who may be listening to this show who doesn't have a cancer care ministry, who doesn't think that that's something that's on their radar? You know, we don't have time for that, you know, because we're busy. We have a lot of things. We have the children's church. We have the dance ministry. You know, we have, you know, we have the mass choir. We have the ensemble choir. We have the youth choir. You know, we have the junior church choir. You know, we have all of these other ministries. Um, And I want to set it up this way. According to the American Cancer Society, one out of three people are estimated to be possibly diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime in America. That is 2019 statistics. There are currently over 15 million people living with cancer right now in our world. But hey, I don't have time for a cancer ministry. You know, we got a lot of other things we're doing. We got a building fund going on in our church. What say you, former cancer patient, cancer patient who received ministry of care from your local church by someone who was trained in a cancer ministry and now someone who has personally received cancer care ministry training and is actually doing that what say you to the average church who still quite doesn't understand how important this is to do in their local church well of course it's a very important ministry and at times you will find that it's very, very hard to get, to get people to talk about cancer. 
and what they have. Some people are very yep. closed mouth, yep. this kind of thing. Yep. So what you want to do, you know, you want to kind of draw all those people out, you know, to, to get them closer to the, to the Lord and, and have them know that the good Lord will, will, will heal them according to his will. They, you know, whether whatever that might be, right? Whatever that might on be, on this side of heaven or on the other that that, side. Of, okay, correct. All right, correct. Both, and and so it's needed. It's just like we have we you know we had Stephen's ministry uh, in our church. People, you 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 kind of need to uh, have the pastoral staff at the church understand that you can minister to folks, but cancer care ministry is. Specific and it's unique. It's unique. It's it. People are trained to do this, and you can and you can help these people immeasurably. Okay, by number one, giving them hope. By number two, uh, helping them get through this journey. With, you know, you're going to have hurt. You know, you're going to have uh, gloom. Uh, but get through it as best they can. Yeah, difficult, tough days. Difficult times. They're going to have difficult, difficult times. And so if you can minister to them and pray with them and share Scripture with them mm-hmm. and just talk with them, uh, that gets their minds maybe a little bit off of what they're going through. And uh, and if you can do that too, that really helps. Yeah. And uh, so it's a vital cog, I think, in the ministry of any church that you have something like this because – like like you just said, one in three people. That's a lot. Think you about know, sitting right. at your next dinner table and you have six people sitting at your That's dining right. room table and do the math on that. Yeah, I mean, look at the look at the and, and you can look at the membership of the churches. That's I mean, if you if you have a membership of uh, two thousand people, one in three. Do the math on that. Okay, you could use a cancer care ministry that had a hundred or two hundred people in it that would minister to folks. And what's interesting, I've had pastors and churches that I've been in. I have a speaking engagement coming up here uh, shortly to a group uh, talking about the subject where I've had pastors say to me, we, we believe we have the highest rates of cancer incident in our region, in our jurisdiction, in our city, in our state. Mm-hmm. So it's not lost on the fact of the numbers. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, somehow, the connection between the statistics and the need to train and mobilize people to respond to this simply gets lost and is not acted upon. Yes. I mean, you, you need the folks. And uh, right now, hopefully, we're, we're uh, going to start a training program again back in, at First United Methodist, and we're going to be training about uh, four or five more folks. Well, praise and, God. And that's what we need to do. And uh, the majority of those folks that we're going to train, they're cancer survivors. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, so, so we need to do that because they can relate. They can relate to other folks. Yeah. They can relate to the, these these folks that have just been diagnosed that are going through this. And so, if you can journey with them and help them and just minister to them and give them a little hope and 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 give the caregiver a break, which which they definitely need, which is huge. That it's 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 just extremely beneficial. Well, you know, here's what I'll say, Paul. Yeah, who are you? You know. You, <laughs> You're only some guy that had prostate cancer and, you know, who basically, you know, got sepsis after surgery and, you know, your kidneys failed and you was on dialysis for a little while. You only lost 37 pounds and you was in intensive care for 12 days and on a ventilator and, you know, almost died. 
Maybe you might know something about this. I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to you perhaps. But at the end of the day, I'll say to you, my friend, to anyone who is still doubting or wondering or praying, thank you for your journey. I asked you before in a previous conversation, you know, would you do this again? You said, I don't know about that. That's a hard question. And then I asked you this way. I said, well, was the juice worth the squeeze? And you said it was. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and you're here to tell that story today. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for living and fighting for life and being a cancer fighter and now helping other cancer fighters. I tip my hat to you and I salute you, sir, and I say God bless. And we'll talk more about cancer care ministry and your church in just a moment. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about your questions at 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, I think more than a few listeners may be motivated to uh, go talk to the church about maybe a cancer care ministry today, Percy. Well, uh, provoked and prodded by our opening scripture, we start with the basic core idea and principle of what does God say to us about being our brother's keeper? Are we our brother's keeper or are we not? Mm -hmm. That's the question on the table. And if we sincerely look ourselves in the mirror and Lord knows in the day and hour that we live in, we need to take a deep heart look in the mirror at ourselves in terms of how are we committing ourselves to serving our community and our humanity and our fellow brothers and sisters in a way that is meaningful and deliberate and intentional particularly in their time of need, specifically to what many are calling the malady of our day, cancer, and how those individuals struggling with it are being impacted. You know, you opened the broadcast with that statistic, and you repeated it with Paul a few moments ago. And I was thinking, as we sit in church and look around, you know, as we sit in the pew, look to your left and to mm. your right and to yourself, one of the three statistic, one of the three statistically will receive a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And so it brings it home, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's, and again, it's not to scare. This is not an intent to scare anyone. No, no, no. But it's to make us really acutely aware just how close this disease is to each and every one of us sitting in our communities, at our workplaces, and in our houses of worship. We're, this is really within our reach and our grasp, and we can't look away any longer, Wayne. So Paul didn't look away. I mean, he's a cancer survivor, so of course it means a great deal to him. And maybe other survivors want to step up and help in a cancer care ministry. Well, what's interesting about Paul in this particular context, and we went through multiple severe health challenges that this man went yeah, through. Yeah. And he comes out of that with this compelling, a sense of purpose that in his own words he said that he felt that God shoved him he was shoved (laughs) by God to serve cancer patients and said I want to journey 
with cancer patients. On one level, you could kind of excuse him for taking a step back and saying, okay, you know, I've kind of paid my dues. It's time for someone else to step up. But no, he wants to step up. No, he didn't go on the front porch and get on the swing and drink a mint julep. <laughs> no, he didn't. No. He, he, he felt compelled and he felt obligated to the fact that there is something that needs to be done. And I, I, I need to take personal responsibility and ownership to my brothers and sisters in the cancer community and did so. Went and received training. Uh, and he was ministered to by individuals who had received training through the Our Journey of Hope program. And he felt compelled to himself that he needed that training and did so. And now is passing that forward. It's unmistakable call of God on his life Un- and perhaps someone who's listening. Unmistakable for him. And again, when you feel that uh, sure of God nudging and speaking to you. Again, as the Bible says that we all have an unction from the Holy One. Again, as he said, he felt he was shoved by God. And so he was very clear and there was no uh, contemplation of what he felt God was saying unto him. I'd like to mention our resource again because it fits in so beautifully with the conversation today. Cancer Care Ministry and Your Church. It's a start to perhaps what your church can do. And you can be the catalyst when you download this resource. Cancer Care Ministry in Your Church is available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. The program is called Our Journey of Hope. Uh, God really laid this on your heart, and it's really kind of your thing, isn't it, It is. It's been now uh, several years, uh, 15, 16 years since this idea was sparked in my heart. Uh, through an experience with at the bedside of a patient, quite frankly. And then from there, we began to just toil and put one foot in front of the other that has now evolved into uh, a, a ministry resource. It is a ministry, but is a ministry resource to ministries and churches. And we now literally have representatives for from 14 foreign countries now Hmm. and uh, probably all 50 states of the U.S. that have on some level attended a training that they now, free training, that they're able to go back to their respective local houses of worship and begin to provide a cancer care ministry to their community and the environment that they have influence over that is making a world of difference to that uh, group of individuals who are dealing with cancer. Well, we won't go into all the details of how it works here today, but the information is available online. Correct. And if churches want to get involved, if you want your church to get involved, uh, maybe you could be the catalyst to, you know, check out the website, get the details, and take advantage of this training. Well, as Paul said here in our interview, you may be feeling shoved <laughs> or nudged by God. And if you're looking for a way to really uniquely uh, minister to specifically the the, out, the clarion call of the day, uh, cancer is on the top of all conversations with regard to health in our country right now. Uh, this very well may be a type of ministry that the Lord is calling you to and your local church. Uh, please get online, ourjourneyofhope.com, and okay. get information. Uh, join our leaders network that we have, all free of charge as well. And again, begin to receive resources and monthly uh, encouragement uh, that will allow you to at least begin to launch into the direction of cancer care ministry. Yeah, if you are a pastor of a church and want to get involved, joining the Ministry Leaders Network is a great step. It's a huge step. And again, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40,000 pastors and spiritual leaders that we are in communication with on a monthly basis, receiving resources and constant encouragement around the cancer care ministry continuum of conversation. That is so encouraging to hear. Ourjourneyofhope.com for more information about this terrific program. Uh, There's another website, and I'll give it again. It's hhiquestions.com, and there we want you to post an answer to this question. How could you have been a better support to someone who has had cancer? 
How could you have helped more in that situation? I know this will evoke some honest responses from our listeners. Well, and, and the, the honest responses that we want and that we're looking for is not for guilt, shame, and condemnation. But again, the primary focus of this program is to help and perpetuate information right. and knowledge. And so those responses will help those who are listening, some 190,000 subscribers to the show, to begin to think about, oh, I had never really considered doing that mm-hmm. as a cancer care support yeah, or you, help. You've been there. That's right. Help us learn from your experience. That's exactly correct. I, um, you know, as a kid growing up on the south side of Chicago, don't ask me to teach you how to fish. You need to talk <laughs> to someone who's been there and probably gotten stuck a couple of times with some bait and some tackle <laughs> so that you can avoid that. So again, having been there, done that, uh, and learning from the experiences or, or lack thereof of others in terms of what they did or did not do could be a huge help for those who are launching out in that direction today. Share your answer at hhiquestions.com. You read uh, Am I My Brother's Keeper earlier from Genesis, and uh, that's resonating in my mind right now. Well, it's, you know, and it's been a well-documented kind of statement that we've used in the sacred and in the secular world around us. But again, Genesis 4, verse 9, it really lays out the, the, the challenge of the day, the gauntlet that's being set at our feet. After the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? And uh, he responded, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer that we all need to ask and hopefully answer and look in the mirror is, are we and is God calling us to be our brother's keeper, Wayne? And when we ask and answer that question, then we need to leave and go react and respond accordingly. It's always so challenging and encouraging to speak with you, Percy. God bless you. Thank Thank you. you. That's our program for this week, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I guess we'll see you next time. Listen, but we first got to go chop some more wood. We've got work to do, my friend. Let's get busy. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.